Good morning. On this bold question crunch, Jules Rivera is here to talk about their work as a comic artist, answering questions about their art history, surfing, and using donuts to avoid sticky contracts. <laughs> Right on, right on. How did you guys find me anyway? Like, uh, you and I have met. I, where, where, where? Oh my God. These <laughs> last couple of, I'm so sorry. These last couple of years have been an absolute blur for a lot of silly reasons. Just, <laughs> yeah, totally understandable. And I want this on the podcast because I think it's funny. Because, like, the thing is that we met at the San Diego Comic Fest and I met you at the bar after like the first day at Comic Fest. And, oh, but it was I think really I might dark have been... and. What was it? Was it? Dark, it was dark as hell in there. I couldn't see anything. It was dark like, as hell. I was like, so exhausted after the first day of Comic Fest that I wasn't really in a conversation kind of mood. So that I understand that you don't know that we met. No, I was at <laughs> Comic Fest because I wanted to cosplay as Poochie for my own edification. No, I just happened to be there because I'm glamorous and everybody wants to be around me. Come on. Uh, your comic is pretty fucking funny. I love your comic. I love your oh. comic. I love your art. I love every co every bit of content that you post is fantastic. Oh well, thanks so much. That, I really appreciate that. I I uh, I've shared like a lot of the jokes that you've done have been inspiring, but also um, one of my favorite ones that you did was, and I I quoted this yesterday at a at a party I was at. I was at I was at a bar drinking with friends. Oh, no kidding. That's and cool. And I mentioned the swiper no swiping to Lara Croft. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I uh, I kind of resurrected that one from, like, Balderdash. That came from, like, maybe 2019 or something like that. Because, like, um, jewel strips, a lot of them, they... Um, they were just done when everything I was doing was under massive NDA and, um, you know, everybody was um, just, how do I put this? It was just really difficult to just get my voice out there, you know? So, um, so what I needed to do was uh, just blow off steam. And so what I did was just love Jules. I figured out this quick little four panel format and he kind of just want to talk shit about something i was like okay i'm gonna talk about shit da, 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 da. so um i could just bang it out in four panels and i just have fun well i got so good at doing that that king features noticed and they're like hey come here we have a, a fun little story we would like you to tell it oh 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 where are we going Speaking of boom, son, check out my cartoon son. This is Mark Trail. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Mark Trail is a, I did sketch cards of these just because I thought they were super cute. Well, look at my hands. Uh, this is my updated version of him. I didn't oh, want to make him look modern and tousled and, you know, like the rest of us, eh, kind of haggard from uh, all of the everything. Here we go. Yeah, just these adorable little, you know, watercolor illustration boards that I made for funsies a little while back. Um, yeah, and then I tried adding them to my store. And then I just got caught up in a lot of really stressful stuff. Um, you know, kept, fell behind on my deadlines and stuff. And, uh, you know, just really fell in with a really gnarly crowd. So, um, yeah, I decided to redirect myself 
and, um, you know, refocus on my surfing and stuff. And that's how we ended up with my surf book, which I don't think I have any copies of that on here. Hey, man. I do plan on buying that book because I really want a copy of it because uh, I, while I'm not a surfer, I've been in the ocean. I'm in, I'm a Californian, so I have to be in the ocean at some point. I mean, right? I mean, it's kind of part of the territory. It's just been slow going because Amazon and uh, getting things shipped and printed and stuff, you know, um, Jeff Bezos's dick rocket is not going to wait on behalf of my little book. So, you know, I'm just last in line. And, you know, anytime I order books, it's just, woo, it takes a minute. It's just, yeah, it's the reality of it, of being an independent artist. But I just need to keep my, uh, my order numbers low for the moment because I'm still setting up the actual logistics of put you know doing my personal shipping in house like my printer is dead <laughs> and I haven't and the, and I've just been so wrecked from overwork these last few months if not years of um of overwork because I just missed a lot of weekends you know spend all my weekends working through just because of a whole bunch of stuff I had going on behind the scenes and um Alexa, turn on the laser palm tree. Hey! Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> it's a voice-activated laser palm tree. Woo! Yeah, son. Also, as much as I, I, don't want, I don't want AIs controlling my light switches, that is still pretty fucking cool. It's okay. She's old enough so that she doesn't really know that much. You know, she's from 2018. Okay. She's basically a golden girl. You know, we, we respect the Alexa in our house. She's she means well. She's just a sweet old lady. And she's like, oh, all right. Uh, did you did you say that map the directions to, to to Santa Fe? No, not not Santa Fe, New Mexico. Santa Fe Devo. Okay, I love you, Alexa. You're such a sweetheart. Like uh, again, you know, if you get them just a little bit low tech enough, it's actually quite cool. This is the fun thing about being hella old is that you age into being cyberpunk. You're like, yes. Yes, it's awesome. So, yeah, I've just found that sticking with lower tech shit is just good for my life. Like, you notice I don't have those um, wireless earbuds. I'm like, I know myself too well. I'm going to lose that shit. I'm just going to beep, beep, beep. I already broke my lapel mic. My, not oh. the mic itself, but the little clippy thingy. Because I keep forgetting that it's clipped to my clothes, and I just start doing whatever, and I forget the mic is still there, and then bleep, the freaking um, clip gets ripped out of my um, my lapel. So I'm, st um, I'm still convinced that those earpod things are not made for convenience. Convenience, they're made so that you buy more when you lose them or break them. I just think they're a really bad design for me personally. I'm like, I'm gonna mess it. See, like this. It's a wonderful cord, you know? It's just a bungee cord. This saves me on airplanes. Like, whenever I need to, you know, listen to my phone, it's about whatever. If I had the wireless phones and I dropped my phone, I'm screwed. Like, balls! No! But if I have the happy corded phone, earphones, if I drop my ear, my phone, I just pick it back up. It's got a little bungee cord. It's cute. I do have wireless earphones, but they are like massive, and I won them at like a, a a a raffle at my job. I would not buy them on my own, but I do like the wireless. 
but I'm I, they're not the small earpods. Earpods I would lose. Big massive earphones. If I lose them, that's my fault. That's on me. There's no way I can lose them. Right? Like if I lose this bullshit, like that, like you're the idiot who didn't store the whole wiry tangly shit because this is huge and tangly and crazy <laughs> as shit. So you know, if I don't store it right, that's me being stupid because you know anybody can handle a big freaking wire cord. You know, like I still want to get a turntable for my house. Um, but, you know, I've just been kind of sorting things out recently after I, um, you know, recovered from all of my, you know, overwork over the last um, mother of pearl. I think it all started like when I first moved here because it, it all built up over the uh, the move. And, um, you know, from Los Angeles down to San Diego, because I used to live in San Diego from 2008 to 2012, I want to say. Yeah. So um, I moved up to Los Angeles because down here, I was just a frustrated engineer, which if you see in my Love Jewels comics, you know, that's how that, <laughs> that's how that went. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and then I wound up to Los Angeles to prove myself. And a whole bunch of drama happened after that. And, um, but uh, otherwise, I stayed in LA until 2021 when the pandemic just went just way too far sideways. I'm thinking, oh, this is fine. And I came out to San Diego just as a visit, just to blow off steam and go, oh my God, this is pandemic. This is a bullshit. And San Diego had a lot of outdoor spaces, so if you wanted to walk around and, you know, breathe air, you're like, mmm, oxygen. Which in Los Angeles, like, oh, God, why? I, I <laughs> love that drive, that drive south, and you can smell San Diego coming up, and you drive, and you're getting right up to the coast. Love that smell. I love oh, driving yeah, down Oh, yeah, when Oceanside shows up, you get near Oceanside, oh, it's beautiful. It's like, da-da-da-da-da. So I'm very lucky that I earn enough money now where I was, ha there's my tea. Alexa, stop timer. See, I don't ask her anything elaborate. I mean, she can <laughs> listen to me all she wants. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything all that smart. <laughs> she, she's too old to know what data is, let alone give it to someone. <laughs> oh, she only just gives it to people for, like, advertising. But, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just think she's a little too old to be... That danger, the new bitches. Oh no, <laughs> you I feel, could not. I feel like it's weird because when you're when you're talking about an older device listening to you, I think it would I probably have the same algorithm algorithms as Hulu because Hulu sends me ads and I don't think they know me. I don't think Hulu knows me. I think they send me really strange ads where they're like, "You watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Here's an ad for uh, dentures." And I'm like, "What? Why? Why would th that doesn't connect?" But YouTube, YouTube knows me. YouTube has sent me movie trailers. They know I love movie trailers. And if you just send me movie trailers, I'm not going to skip. And I feel like that's how your Alexa is, that she's too old to have an algorithm to really understand <laughs> what to send your way. Like yesterday, she really weirdly um, guessed the wrong song, but then it was the right mood for my life. And I'm like, you know oh. what? Actually, this was a better choice. Thanks, girl. Hmm. That's a good friend. Holy shit. So what is your art history? Because I love, uh, I love everything about your comic. Um, 
the color choices you use, uh, the blocking, the angles, the how you design uh, what goes into a panel is just a lot of fun. And I would love to know, like, did you go to school? Did you, is it all, because I know a lot of people are self-learned watching movies and reading comics and being able to practice through that. But what is your art history? My art history is a flaming mess. Thanks for Good. asking. Um, so <clears throat> my art history started when I, I was at UCF, um, University of Central Florida, and I was there for my engineering degree because I was like, hey, I have a good brain. I should put it to good use for America. So um, I was trying to put my brain to good use for America, but I noticed my stupid little hobby of telling little, like, cartoon-drawn stories, like shitty little webcomics. Like, I was making the stupidest webcomic back then. So I'm 18 years old. And Disney in Orlando, Florida, has just shut down the Buena Vista studio, which sucks because I was an art person. And I was like, well, I guess I'll go be an engineer with my brain for America. And uh, obviously, it didn't work out later. We'll find out. But um, sorry, I'm just... You know, night night setting upping my house when when my you know, <laughs> you know isn't it pretty? Look at this lovely little wall. I'm honestly jealous of the colors. Oh, thanks. Yeah, my it house is, is like an explosion of Crayolas. You know, it is a beautiful shade of green, and I'm just I'm I'm like, damn, I want to know how you got that kind of green. It's really it's a cool and calming kind of green. It's literally the laser palm tree. This thing is so bright, it lights the whole room up in just green hue. So to balance it out, I've got this uh, moon over here. Moon over my hemi. Was the comic that you're doing in school, was it Love Jewels, or was it something completely different? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, hang on. cool. Okay, because the no story rush. of how we got to Love Jewels is, is quite an interesting one. And uh, what sparked that was just <laughs> just a really, really funny thing. Delightful. Candy apple flavored black tea. Um, that sounds delicious. Yeah, right? So uh, that's why I like to, uh, for podcasts, just have myself like a nice bit of tea. It helps with my throat and whatnot. So UCF, brain working, I, and I'm like... My, my stupid hobby of web comics is, uh, and by my junior year of uh, college, I'm like, oh shit, this hobby of mine is not going away. Um, I, I like drawing little comics to express myself, and um, and I, 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 I'm like, I felt trapped. I didn't know what to do. So I was like, well, I happened to be in, um, in college on the Florida Bright Future Scholarship. I knew that I was sitting on a razor's edge in terms of money. And I needed to get the hell out of my house. <clears throat> the family situation was just... Mm -mm. You wait. Just, um, you know, just tumultuous family situation. And I just needed to get the hell out of there. And I knew I had a much better chance of getting the hell out of there if I had just graduated from college and got my engineering degree already. So I'm figuring, okay, well, I'm in junior year. If I could just stick it out one extra year... And try to play ball with these jerkwads, fine. Maybe I could get myself a job and get myself a little bit of freedom on my nights, and nobody can like piss me off or anything like that. So, um, 
and that kind of worked, but then it it worked until it didn't. Um, because, well, number one, my my work environment after I graduated, yeah, I got my money, and yeah, I got my independence, <clears throat> but what I didn't get was respect, and I was not counting on that real lack of respect, that lack of um, camaraderie that I would see the, uh, you know, cheesy engineer dudes have with the white dudes. I mean, to be fair, they did extend the olive branch, but it was under circumstances that, uh, I mean, I would argue in hindsight would be not inclusive, but at the same time, maybe this was me on my own path going, no, I'm not playing your game. Like, um... I don't know. I it was just a bit complicated of a situation in terms of my job, because you know I'm like a, I'm basically an overpaid phone operator when I have a whole you know four year engineering degree. Um, like you know, I I felt like that deserved respect and I never got it, so I gave it to myself and I'm like, uh, yeah, because I would I just stole <laughs> like I just go on the record, yeah. Hell yeah, I stole I stole time from work all the time. Absolutely. I definitely use company time to work on my shitty web comics. I'm like, yes, I did. Do, 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 work it out. I was really smart. I had a sketchbook on my desk that was just a black cover. Just black. So if people were walking by and seeing it, it's just a black notebook. There's nothing going on in there. What's going on? Shut up. You didn't see nothing. <laughs> so, um, and also this led to one of the weirdest things in existence. If you get a copy of it, like, good on you. There weren't that many copies made. But uh, the Northrop Grumman Global Hawk comic book, it was only eight pages long, but uh, it was uh, all drawn and written by me. So, here we go. Me and my comic for the Warmonger Company. Yay! La la la. That's why I see this current news with the spy balloon. And I'm like, are you guys serious with this? Because, like, you know, the global hawk, we, you know, it also, it looks like a penis, by the way. The airplane, it looks like a dog. Just woo! If you look up what a global hawk looks like. I think that most airplanes, air, aircrafts, look like penises. No, 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 no. You don't understand. This has, like, the extra bulb head and everything where you're like, oh, okay, that's definitely what this shit looks like. So, I have not seen it. I really need to see it now. Holy shit. Now, I go Google Global Hawk. Like, Arr! Hawk. Global Hawk. I swear, just Google it. You'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I worked on the Global Hawk program for three years, but work is putting it loosely. I'm all, I mainly just... I mean, I guess I just hijacked a bunch of time from a government program to fund my own artistic study. Hey! This has got to the point where my bosses had pretty much caught on to my game. They knew that I was just being a dickwad and just being an asshole. And they uh, basically drove me out. I mean, they kind of, you know, bullied and kind of cajoled me out. But it wasn't just... I mean, it's easy to say, oh, boo-hoo, I'm a victim. They pushed me out. I was freaking happy to leave. And at the time... I had a uh, a husband who was willing to support me until he wasn't because I'm pretty sure that him seeing me at home trying to live my dreams and being happy totally made him fly over the edge. He was like, I do not like you now. 
Um, so that's an actually that's an interesting place because uh, to take the story because that's exactly where we go um, with Los Angeles. I left Los Angeles and I left with my husband because we both were there to make our dreams come true. Bloop, 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 bloop. That was the that was the selling pitch anyway. Um, but uh, and who even knows of <laughs> how how long the his affair started? But he started having an affair in Los Angeles. Hey, if you're married, don't move to Los Angeles. I'm not, but I'll I'll, I'll duly noted. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, no, San Diego's nice and cute and cozy. L.A. is now Detroit right now. Don't do that. So uh, anyway, I we moved up to L.A. and uh, I started working, you know, doing classes at the Nomad School, making artwork that really makes me proud. I'm like, yeah, good job, me. This is great. And he's just like sourpuss the whole time. And I'm like, what's your problem? Aren't you supposed to be supporting me? I supported you. Why Why are you not reciprocating? Well, I had to learn a lot of stuff. But uh, long story short, he's like, you know, kind of a selfish narcissist type who, um, yeah, I have a habit of retracting those. Ha! Um, you really selfish, braggart, narcissist type. Oh, he had a problem with booze too. Yeah, ex-husband definitely crashed his car into a fence. According to his story, who even knows the hell the truth is? But according to the story, he's like, I paid the guy sixty dollars for his fence. And in hindsight, I'm like, what? What the hell? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm fully anticipating a visit from the Laguna Beach Police Department. I should thank the, uh, the affair lady. Like, hey, good job. You showed me in no uncertain terms what a clown baby my ex-husband is. I'm going to go. Wee! Bye! So I left, and I had to move back to Florida for a couple of years because boo-hoo, crying it all out and stuff. But um, I, I started building up freelance work because what the hell else was I going to do? Sit around and cry? Like, I don't do well with, with not doing stuff. You know, I, I get bored. I mean, today, I mean, these days, on my weekends, I'm just like, ah, shut down. <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. Leave me alone. Um, but, uh, otherwise, you know, I'm a really active mind. And, um, when I left Los Angeles to go back to Florida, I had no job prospect. I applied to 50 zillion studios. None of them took me. Excuse me. I'm just, I got a frag in my throat. Eh, it's this freaking weather. Oh my God. My sinuses are going crazy. I, it, it really is. I, it's weird because like, uh, you'll get a cough. And I'll feel it in my ear. Uh, that's my that's my sign. That's a sinus issue. Is when I can feel it in my ear. It messes me up. It's uh, it's heavy hitting stuff. So um, so anyway, went to Florida. Got a lot of freelance work because I'm just like, yo, you need you gotta you got a job. I got I got I got skills. And what helped me get into the comics industry, if you can even call it getting in, was that I was willing to be a colorist. Um, which is, I think, a lot of ways. Uh, I think a way that a lot of a lot of um, women creators or women identifying creators end up kind of edging their way in because we're willing to do the scut work that a lot of like the superstar artists don't want to do. But to me, I'm like, yeah, but like to me, the artwork comes alive when I add the colors to it. Um, all of, by the way, in all of this time with my ex-husband and all the drama and the screaming and the yelling, I kept up my web comics and I kept up just doing comics. And um, 
I, I was freelancing and I was doing a lot of, um, you know, colors for, um, for independent small press. Um, uh, God bless them. Comics tribe. They gave me my first gigs, like coming out of the, the foolery, you know, they're like, okay, well, we've got this uh, series. It's called the oxymoron. And, um, you know, we would really like it if, uh, you know, you would, uh, give it this one, uh, give us one a try. And I'm like, okay, all right. And, uh, my friend John Lees, he had, uh, he'd written for the, uh, the story. And, um, yeah, it was a really neat story. It's about a lady cop and she's trying to find, solve the mystery behind this kind of Joker ish character. And, um, you know, at a certain point, it gets to some real, oh no, full scale horror stuff. But, um, you know, it was really cool to, uh, really stretch my muscles. And also, alongside of this, I had received some tutoring um, through the comics experience with, um, uh, and Andy Schmidt was the guy who was running the comic experience, but um, the, the actual instructor for the class, who I'm pretty sure he's still teaching these classes, is Chris Sotomayor. <clears throat> like, by the blessings of the gods, I managed to get onto a comics experience project book for um for it wasn't exactly comic tribe but the dude's rich duet that I met through comic tribe oh my god I'm, this is like turning into a name drop parade rich duet now is like he's doing like uh stuff for DC now I'm like good job buddy I like it watching my friends win and um anyway <clears throat> rich duet had that uh, his uh, independent book gutter magic that he wanted to have a colorist on I was like oh my god I'm such a fan of this book I would totally like volunteer to color it not volunteer, but, like, try at, uh, you know, coloring the thing. So um, that was another first coloring gig, working on Gutter Magic. I love that book so much. I'm just like, oh, fondness. I think of that book so well. Um, and uh, what else? So I had started, you know, climbing upward. I got involved with the Action Lab people. <laughs> it's funny in hindsight. No, in my Action Lab story was, like, some neo-duck and weave shit, where I was like, like I dodged the bullets and shit just by being a dick. Um, so I get involved. With... Oh what yeah. What bullets? What was that? What bullets? Oh, are you not familiar with all of the uh, the drama and the foolishness going on with Action Lab? No, I just knew you said Action Lab, and then you did a neo dodge thing, and I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. So Action Lab. Let me catch you up with the team. Long story short. Action Lab is one of those publishers where they have a bunch of really, really shitty contracts and a lot of artists on the hook and, you know, their pride and joy projects, their baby IPs that they sink a lot of time and energy and money into are tied up with these, you know, really lousy contracts that keep your comics in perpetuity. And, um, you know, if, um, if like, literally they'll just keep it forever and, you know, oh my God, this turns like a, a class action lawsuit. Um, and, uh, Action Lab has just been, um, boof. Yeah, it's, it's just been a thing in the comic sphere. So, uh, yeah, like, it, there, there's been articles on, like, Bleeding Cool about it. Jeremy Whitley has gone on the record. He's been, like, wah, 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 a lot of that going on. Um, sorry, Jeremy, if that sounds reductive. I just don't, I can't quote you directly. But basically, um, he's just, you know, been just reading a lot. With uh, with a lot of what Action Lab is doing, 
So I get involved with Action Lab, but how I managed to avoid that imperpetuity clause. And this is genius, because this is a moment that happens at Comic-Con. And you hear it, you're hearing it here first. So this genius moment is what I like to call donut negotiations. All right, so I had a comic, uh, Misfortune High. Oh, actually, Misfortune High is the uh, story that I actually kickstarted by myself um, in 2013. And uh, this was basically Harry Potter, but in the hood. But, uh, you know, I feel like I could, if I uh, updated this, I would give it, like, such an amazing makeover. Like, I got to two books done, and then all the foolishness and drama started. And, um, woof, yeah, so uh, Misfortune High, I wanted to sign with Action Lab, and I, I did, but I was like, okay, well, I need an advance to, uh, you know, obviously get the book made, because, like, I can't just eat into my freelance schedule to get a book made. You know, I have to support myself now. I'm a big girl now. And uh, they're like, um, no, we're not going to give you an advance. And I'm like, I'm not going to make a book for free. So it was just like a Mexican standoff that happened that lasted for like two years. Maybe longer than two years. Maybe maybe a few years. Um, Four years. Four years! Oh, shit! It was four years. Oh, my God. I, like, just dug my heels in, and I just didn't make a book. Because I'm like, what am I going to do? Make a book for free? That's not happening. What kind of foolishness is that? That's crazy, dog. Not in, capital in this capitalism, sir. So, um, I stonewalled um, the publisher on actually making the book. And at a certain point, I was like, hey, can I have my rights back? They're like, you already gave it back to you because you never made the book. And I'm like, great. So, um, yeah, that's how I managed to avoid, oh, the perpetuity clause, donut negotiations. I completely trail off with that because I wanted to actually show Ms. Fortune High the book. Donut negotiations. At Comic-Con, I brought a box of donuts to the Action Lab folks. And I was like, hey, can I get this in perpetuity clause changed to in print only? Because when you hold them to physical prints, oh, that holds a publisher's feet to the fire. Because I figure... Literally the only person in comics who ever lost the gamble of printing an indie publisher under the pro under the guise of, well, if it goes out of print for a year, well, then you get the rights back. Pretty much the only guy in the comics who ever lost that gamble was Alan Moore. Like, sorry, Alan. Sorry. Sorry, man. Sorry. Sir Moore? Did they knight him or something? I don't know. I Mr. don't think. It, even if they gave him a knighthood, he wouldn't take it. Ildermore, I mean, what, what is like the title in comic? Don Moore in Spanish, we would just call him El Don Moore. Or like, we'll just do it that way. I just, I just feel like seem, feeling weird just calling Alan more like Alan, like, hello, Alan. Like, I, I don't know that guy. Um, yeah, but you know, he wouldn't take a knighthood if, if the government wanted to give him a knighthood. He wouldn't take, he wouldn't take it. Oh no, no, he's he seems pretty much against a lot of conventional things. Yeah. So, um. So with, uh, with the offering of the donuts, I said, can you make this in perpetuity clause for print only? Because if it's, if, it, if they're printing something, if they're putting something out digitally, they can leave a link on a website forever and ever and ever, and it's in print. So I figured if I make it print only, 
and hold them to printing this shit because I know for a fact publishers don't like to go into their pocket for reprints unless there's huge numbers, then I'm getting my rights back. So that's how I beat the perpetuity clause. Um, so if, if other action lab creators want to know how I did that, that's how I did it. I was like, I, I knew, I'm like, I gave the system, like, just one tiny little adjustment that I'm sure they were just like, yeah, whatever, we don't care. And I'm like, get right back, bitch. Um, but the, again, the second half, you know, that was just made moot by the fact that I just didn't make the book. Because I'm like, I literally didn't have the time. I was like, I need an advance. If you do not give me advance, I cannot make book. And they're like, no advance. And I'm like, no book. What Makes else sense. do you want? <laughs> so um that takes me on to my next publisher venture and i ain't even naming these hoes out just whatever anyway um this is uh i feel like this is my pride and joy um this is 200 and uh this is part of a uh um a multiple book publishing deal and um and this is a uh, kind of like a very cyberpunk type story. It's the story of Inner World. You know, you just do the gravelly Inner World where everybody can be really hot all the time forever. This shabby drunk girl who in no way resembles me, except she literally does. Um, it was the very first uh, project where my writer, Jan Brody, had uh, she asked me to draw me for the book. She was like, I have this book, this story idea, and um, can you just draw you? And I'm like, okay, I guess this book's about me now. Um, because we had very similar experiences with um, with romance and heartbreak and loss, and uh, all these experiences ended up in this book. So, story of 200. 200 is the story of Ava, right? She's a messy broad, and uh, she's been messy because for the last six months, her husband got taken away by evil security guards. They live in a world where once you hit the age of 200, you get taken off by a bunch of big scary guard guys and you take, get taken into the cat testing facility and get tested to see if you can go on to live into eternity because at the age of 200, that is when your noodle brain starts to go and you start doing crazy shit like doing mass shootings and whatnot. And that's literally what we open up with in the book. So, um, damn, I guess we should include a trigger warning. Ah! I hate everything! So, um, anyway, um, Ava now has to take her 200 test as well. And as she's taking the test, she's in the facility and uh, she sees a man who kind of resembles her husband who got taken away by the scary guys earlier, right? So she goes chasing the guy, and they go on a wild and wacky adventure. And as I concluded every book report in the fourth grade, and to read to find out, you have to read the book. <laughs> find out the rest. Just read the book. I would cut off every book report right about where I stopped reading, because I'm like, this is boring. I hate this book. Because, I mean, I didn't exactly have an inroads into uh, doing really cool graphic novels. Um, or like, you know, understanding which graphic novels would be appropriate for me. Like a lot of the comics that I got handed as a kid, 
um, weirdly enough, I got handed some crunchy old Rob Liefeld comics from my dad because my dad, um, I mean, this type of person might sound familiar. Um, you know, my dad was a guy with a very big video game collection and, um, you know, he, um, he focused really a lot on comic books. He collected a lot of comic books to the point where he was just, one would say, fixated on the comic books. Anyway, so my dad was that kind of type and he was very... <laughs> This might also sound familiar. Completely insensitive to people's needs. And uh, he would just give me like his old crappy cast-off books I guess he didn't want anymore. Like he got me this copy of, I guess, like a, a cable book. Like a literally cable. Like with Rob Liefeld drawing Boom Boom and him and stuff. And I'm like, why is this lady called Boom Boom? Is this a sex thing? I don't know what sex is. I'm like seven. But, you know, at the time of reading this thing, I'm like, I'm like eight. I don't know what. No, wait. Maybe I was like more like 10, 11, something like that. I don't know. And then you'd also have like the Disney comic books where like you get all of the Lion King, but it's all just this little 60 page book. And that was pretty sweet. Like, hey, thanks, Disney Adventures magazine. It was pretty lit up. I don't know a lot of people who know Disney Adventures. So it's really delightful to hear you say that. Oh my God. I grew up in Orlando. You couldn't miss it. It was like in every store. That's where I got introduced to Bone. That was the first place I found Bone was Disney Adventures. I'm no fun. I didn't know that. So, yeah, um, Disney Adventures was a regular fixture in Orlando. And, uh, like, I managed to find this one copy of Disney Adventure magazine that was, like, a whole-ass graphic novel put up The Lion King. I was like, this is sweet as hell. I, this is, like, you're a kid. You don't have access to an iPad back then. You know, that was not a thing. So if you wanted to experience the story again, the closest thing you would have had was a graphic novel. So I'm like, hell yeah, this is badass. And that was, you know, that's one of the cornerstone inspirations at the time, which would led me to being interested in art in the first place. Also, um, the Fox X-Men cartoons. Oh, my God. I was about that jam. Um, people ask me about the later Marvel cartoons. Like, were you interested in the other ones? I'm like, hell no. By the time I was old, you know, by the time that that had hit, I was like, excuse me, this is not Sailor Moon and covered in glitter. I literally don't care. So, um, yeah, and then I got bit by the manga bug. And I was like, wait a minute, you mean this cartoon is about girl stuff with girl problems? I'm like, I hate this thing, but I'm so fixated on it. Um, yeah, okay, I can fixate too. I'll own that. Um, and somehow just drawing my little... Um, characters from, you know, characters from, like, Sailor Moon, and then I got obsessed with Final Fantasy VII and found out way too young that I'm in, that I like leather daddies. I was like, where's this Sephiroth guy's making me feel funny? Oh, no! There's so many straps in this. I love it. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, no, no. Well, I, I can take you onto one little adventure around my cup my uh table look at this look at my 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 cartoon boyfriend sephiroth oh yeah okay i was kind of worried you you said i got into leather daddies and then you're like here let me show you something and i was like i don't know <laughs> yes well that's right look at this sexiness oh god that is one of the sexiest figures i've ever seen he is such a sexy mofo i mean 
forget about it. So, yeah, obviously that has lasted into a, a lifelong love affair, me and Sephiroth. Because that thirst Final Fantasy VII just showed me way too much, way too young. And I'm like, I do want to burn down the world and, and party with a dude covered in leather. Yes, please. Yes. So I'm I'm just, oof, I am, ooh, I'm praying for rain on that front. <laughs> that later. <laughs> Um, so anyway, as a result of my crappy divorce, um, I, I, um, you know, and I was working on graphic novels at the time. So a lot of the stuff that I, um, that I worked on, it was on NDA. So I couldn't show the world. Like there wasn't a lot that I could show about like 200 or something. I mean, I could show previews, but people were like, not all that engaged. And I wanted to express myself and blow off steam. So what I started doing was making these little stupid four-panel comics, right? It just started with one spitball joke between me and my my friends on like Twitter, and um, and I just made like this little s- stupid four-panel comic. In fact, this is the very first Love Jewels book. Oh my god, this book is so try-hard. This is so funny. Anyway, bleep. so anyway. Um, this is my very first uh, comic book collection, Love Jewels, uh, Manic Pixie Nightmare Girl. Maybe I could. I hope that. <laughs> ah! It's like not okay. 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 Maybe that helps. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Love Jewels, Manic Pixie Nightmare Girl. Um, I started just doing these. Balderdash. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's like a fiddle. I swear. Wait. Oh, if I hold it there, oh my god, I swear I'm smart. Um, okay, so I started doing these like little dumb four panel strips, and um, I just you know, just a spitball and uh, just express myself. And uh, as it turns out, when I would put these on Instagram, people really loved the the comic strips, and uh, and all I was doing was just you know, making shit up and just what if, you know, a lot of kind of surrealist scenarios, you know, me and uh, my my little cartoon friend, uh, Blackbird. See, um, John Arbuckle had Garfield. Well, I don't actually have a pet. So what I ended up doing, yep, so this is Blackbird and uh, he is just, the, you know, the uh, cartoon companion who uh, just hangs around me. And um, because if I just talk to myself, like that would look weird. Also, when I would have real conversations with friends, I don't want to like blow up their spot and say, this guy said the thing. Like I wanted to protect people's privacy. So by just covering everything in like a little cartoon bird, you know, that that both protected everyone's privacy, but also kind of gave me kind of a steady um, character in the story. I mean, it's not really even a story. There's no story to Love Jewels. Love Jewels is just me and my dumb bullshit jokes spitballing, and it's just a mess. Like, whatever. Um, I sometimes talk about my dating life. I sometimes... I, I talk about a lot of shit. This is a piece of artwork I'm very proud of. This is called Being Latina. Like, yay, everybody just expects me to look cute and be entertaining, but also clean up everything. Um, I talk about a lot of really, really rough stuff in there. I I really, I kind of feel like putting together a reissue just of the uh, the first two Love Jewels books, because I ended up making two books. 
the second book released right in the beginning of 2020. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely put production on future Jules books kind of on hold. I haven't stopped making comics. I've definitely put comics out. I just haven't made any. Wait a minute. Wait, that's not, that's not true. Sorry, I'm I'm like I'm I'm not even um paying like I'm like oh no future love jewels books have come out. That's literally not true. Um, Are you talking about the surf one? Because the surf one came out. Yeah, I was about to say like the surfing book came out. Okay, so I do have a a book that I made uh in the love jewels verse because the problem with love jewels is that it's not exactly the most family friendly stuff. Because I drop f bombs in it and swear up a storm and everything like that. I mean, I think I feel like that's okay, but it limits the 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 reach of my audience, right? And uh, it also makes for a very salty product. So with Love Jewels Ride or Die, um, I just wanted to contain all of the surfing strips in Love Jewels into one particular book. Because here's the thing. In Love Jewels, all of the the um, comics that I have in the book, they're all kind of compiled by chapter, right? So what you're getting is actually the experience. So the very first uh, Jewels book has this artwork, uh, Love Jewels Come to the Waves. And uh, it's funny, I actually did an evolved version of that artwork. For the uh, for the surf book, this was supposed to be the cover, but then I got done with it, and I was like, "No, this is a terrible cover. This is more of like a uh, an interior illustration because a good cover is is a good graphic look." And then I was like, "Okay, this is a good cover," but then <laughs> it's, it's funny. We're just going through the the evolution of the cover artwork for the uh, for Love Jewels Ride or Die. Um, so that artwork, I actually had to take that out as the cover because it looked a little too close market-wise to a, um, a a comparable book because uh, my friend Kim Dwinell, she has a book recently that came out, The Science of Surfing. And um, it's a very lovely book. I think it's great. I highly recommend it. Um, but the problem is, is that our books on a shelf are too similar. So that's why I had to stop with this cover and change to the final cover so I finally decided okay I just need to take my cover away from you know because I'm trying to experiment with new things with uh you know love jewels ride or die making it a little bit softer a little more family friendly and you know take out all the swear words but I still need to make the book jewels flavored right like make it make it look like it's a me thing there you go. That looks fantastic. So this is the final cover, Love Jewels, Ride or Die. The reason why I came up with the title Ride or Die is because uh, Ride or Die is it's a double meaning. It means both um, somebody who's like real, ooh, super into the surfing, ride or die. And, um, but it also means someone who's like, you know, in the hood, in the streets, it means somebody who's very loyal, a very loyal friend or loyal, like partner, like relationship partner, you know, somebody who's really, really loyal, who's going to stick by you. And, um, that's why I'm like, this is perfect. This is exactly the title that I want for, for Love Jewels Ride or Die. 
and even though I, I feel like as, as a finished book, it's a little bit of a, a collective mess. Like, I'll be happy to send you guys a link to the, uh, like, the Dropbox um, uh, preview. But, um, but anyway, I, I just, like, because it collects, every chapter collects the type of surfing comics that I did. Um, first, there's beginning of, of the surfing, because that's what all of these other um, uh, art pieces are. This is the lessons learned. And I made a chapter of all of the lessons that I've learned with surfing. Um, all of the notes that I've taken here. This is actually uh, the duck dive. And uh, it's it's not, this is like not even that good of a duck dive. Because I've gotten notes from like other people on, on social media. And I'm like, damn, now I got to update this. So surfing with Dracula. This is accidentally uh, one of my favorite pieces of artwork I've ever made. Surfing with Dracula. I'm just I'm so proud of it. <laughs> um, mainly because um, Surfing with Dracula is just a chapter of all of the, the wacky stories that you hear with surfing. Everything with stories um, with surfing that you hear with, uh, you know, most media is usually about white guys with something to prove. They're like, yeah, man, I surfed the biggest wave. And I'm like, okay, job, you did that once. Like, made a nice video for Instagram. Maybe you'll write a nice blog or something. Like, so what? I mean, I feel like we kind of need to see a bit of a different story with surfing. And for me, surfing is more of a love story. And um, that's why, you know, you want to love all of the wacky parts, including, you know, the times you'll just run into just, you know, really interesting looking people on the shore and stuff. Because the beach is not really a place for like bougie people. The beach is a place for like beach weirdos, like the bougie people. They, they can handle beach people until they can't. Um, also, until it gets cold, until, you know, the weather turns and whatever. And then they're like, oh, dear, this is upsetting. I must retreat to my, my boot. Um, I just find that beach weirdos are just the weird stories you see by the beach. That's like the real love story of surfing, right? Like, that's the fun stuff. Um, and then there's, um, at the end of the book, there's a collection of 10 reviews of the local San Diego surf breaks. Um, like, I feel like I could dive deeper into them, but like, you know, no pun intended, <laughs> but I feel like it's a running start, you know, it's, it's a, um, you know, it, it, the book is a really good collection of my surfing journey. It's a collection of, uh, pieces of knowledge that I've accumulated over time and maybe turning into something that can help somebody else. I don't know. A lot of people really like my surfing book. They think it's a lot of fun and, um, you know, I feel like I'm really proud of it. And uh, I've put together something really cool. So that's, uh, I guess that, that that's a really roundabout way of answering the art history question. Damn, that, that was is a super thorough uh, explanation of your art history. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just kind of all where I'm about. Because you guys have, like, I don't think your podcast really knows who I am. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't but know. I think, you... I think it's absolutely thorough. And I think that every stage of the story has accumulated to where you are now because you explained uh, a love of cartoons a love, a love of early comics and then you found anime and i feel like anime really shows you that art can be emotional art can be real art can be expressive of who you are and your soul um yeah. and then now when i read your comic i love it because it is 
there are a lot of really important subjects that you cover, but with the humor that you found in the earlier cartoons. Um, I also, yesterday, because one of the questions I have is, what is your favorite pop culture reference that you've made? Because the three that I, the three that stand out in my head are okay. sitting on Chairface Chippendale's head. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the Laura Croft, uh, Swiper No Swiping, and then uh, Power Girl's boob window. Um, I it was weird because I brought that up to one of my uh, friends, and I said that I mentioned the boob window, and they looked at me weird because they expect cartoonists when they talk about the boob window to be gross. But yeah, then like I mentioned, like, I mentioned yeah. that you made Power Girl, Power Girl uh, explain that it's really convenient to grab the wallet, the keys, the everything. It's just a fantastic, it's a hilarious twist. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's kind of what I do with um, with Love Jewels. Like, I try to, uh, because I find it's most powerful, or I find the joke is the most powerful when you send it into a complete completely sideways direction that you know people did not expect they're like what no no you can't oh well mortal kombat three-way <laughs> but these, these jokes these jokes um, that you're doing uh they do approach some pretty serious topics in a really smart way why thank you um I, I read about a lot of stuff. I'm about ready to make the Justice League talk about climate change. So I'm like, <laughs> awesome. Um, I just recently did Spider Man's divorce. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, oh my gosh, that that was so much fun. Um, I was just messing around with uh with Morbius and stuff. Uh, to what else? Um, I'm really proud of the Power Girl boob window thing. I'm really proud of Lara Croft because, you know, we kind of lionize her and make her into like this superhero and stuff. And I'm like, she's really just straight jacking a bunch of stuff that doesn't belong to her. And uh, I think she needs to stop being British about that. So uh, that's just my thought. Um, I kind of feel the same way about Indiana Jones, though. Indiana Jones is like, it needs to be long in a museum. It's like, calm down, Dr. Jones. Uh, yeah, whose museum? It ain't yeah. the British Museum. <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to give that to the, the government or where you're, wherever you're standing. Yes, you are. That's not <laughs> That being said, uh, what, yeah. and, and we got to close out this podcast because it has, a, it's been, it's been an hour. <laughs> um, what words of wisdom, wow. what, what words, what, what would you, what advice would you give to someone who's a speed, who aspires to become a cartoonist, aspires to get into the business wow. and maybe dodge bullets and give donut uh, negotiations? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I, I would say stay abroad a of, um, or I guess abreast, stay, stay afloat with, um, with local information, you know, in the comic sphere, follow the news. Um, always, I always stayed up on websites like, um, you know, uh, I guess Bleeding Cool, some Newsarama, although that's got kind of a neckbeard flavor. Um, you know, Comics Alliance was cool while that was a thing. Uh, you know, basically, you know, just keep, keep yourself, um, you know, knowledgeable of what is in the comic sphere and what is going on and how to protect yourself because artists will share notes on how, hey guys, this is some bad news. This is how to protect yourself. Bit, 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 bit. And, you know, just like I talked about with the donut go negotiations. 
Uh, like I said, literally the only dude in comics who lost that dice roll is, is Alan Moore. Um, but, um, and also, what else? I would say the biggest bullet for me is the entire world saying, you can't do this. And, um, you know, you just have to believe that you can. And remember, web comics won. I mean, comic books, yeah, they're they're definitely, you know, still a thing. I mean, LCS shops are not going away. But the com- the web comics world still won. I mean, webtoons, you know, is raking is a billion dollar industry. And uh, my most of my work at, with Mark Trail is uh, is shown on King Features' website, comicskingdom.com. So, I mean, you know, I would say, you know, stick to your guns, really, because I feel like, you know, the sometimes when you work hard at something, the world finds a way to reward you for what you, you, you know, what you're good at. And I guess I've just gotten really good at consolidating jokes inside of four panels that can either make you laugh or make you think or make you even cry or, you know, just just really rattle you in some way. I guess that answers the question. 